ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The opposition is criticising the decision to approve 2,000 visas to Palestinian residents fleeing the war in Gaza opening up a new front in the political battle over border protection. In Senate estimates uh, last night, the government hit back, saying all those issued visas have been vetted by Australian security agencies and they've accused the opposition of attempting to whip up fear on this. For more on this, I'm joined in the studio by the Shadow Minister for Home Affairs, Senator James Patterson. Welcome back to Breakfast. Good morning. Why don't you trust our intelligence agencies to properly vet people being granted these visas? I do trust our intelligence agencies, but they've been given an impossible task. And that task is to approve people from a war zone controlled by a terrorist organisation in as little as 24 hours on average. And as the ABC has reported, in as little as one hour in some cases to come to Australia. Now, it is very difficult to understand how you could do an adequate identity check, let alone a security check, on someone coming from a region like that in just one hour. No one denies there's a genuine humanitarian need in Gaza. No one denies that there are many innocent people in Gaza who are victims of Hamas, just as much as the Israelis are victims of Hamas. But there are also supporters of Hamas in Gaza, there's no doubt about that. And if any one of those came to Australia as part of this cohort of 2,000 people, I think that'd be very dangerous for our country and damaging for our social cohesion. But there is no evidence that any of them are dangerous, is there? Well, then the Minister for Home Affairs should be able to stand up today and say hand on heart that the 2,200 visas that her department has granted to these people, that not one one among them is a Hamas supporter or sympathiser. It would be an extraordinary thing if she's confident enough to do that, but I'll accept it. If she stands up and says that today, I'll take it at her word. Uh, What is your benchmark for ascertaining whether someone is a Hamas sympathiser? Well, it's not even clear to me that the department has done that work. It's not even clear to me that those questions have been asked. Uh, We have a serious problem of anti-Semitism in this country. It's the greatest crisis in a generation faced by our Jewish community. And the Jewish community, who I spent time with at an event last night, are deeply anxious about this. They are fearful that some of the people who came from Gaza or are coming from Gaza were supporters of what happened on the 7th of October. We've seen footage of people celebrating the 7th October attacks in Gaza. Uh, How would it help the anti-Semitism crisis that we have? How would it help our social cohesion if a Hamas supporter came among those 2,000 people? But are you talking about people being active Active, uh, you know, actual potential terrorists in this country or well, their political would, ideology. I'm just trying to well, get well, the distinction. Well, that would be the most extreme yeah. end of the spectrum, obviously. A terrorist supporter, that would be extremely worrying. But I think even a political supporter of a Hamas is not someone that we should choose to come to our country. Not, that's not someone we should welcome in our country. But that this would is, be a new benchmark, wouldn't it, well, James Patterson, that we are interrogating people's political views? Uh, Patricia, in- Hamas is a listed terrorist organisation in Australia. It is an offence to support Hamas in Australia. It is an offence to recruit for them. It is an offence for fundraise for them. It is an offence to encourage people to engage in acts of violence on their behalf. So we should be concerned if there are people who are supportive of Hamas who are seeking to come to Australia. And it is not clear to me that the department has done the basic checks necessary to protect the community from that risk. When you were in government, you approved 5,000 temporary visas for Afghans when the Taliban retook control of Afghanistan. That was also a rushed process in the middle of a conflict zone. Did you check if any of them supported the Taliban? As I said before, no one is denying there's a genuine humanitarian need in Gaza, nor that Australia doesn't have a role to play. All I'm asking is that adequate security checks take place to make sure. Now, in the case of Afghanistan that you raise, uh, we were there on the ground ourselves for 20 years, working in partnership with the people of Afghanistan to try and build a functional state. And when it collapsed, 
and when the Taliban took over, we rushed out the people who worked with us for those 20 years, who we knew well. They were people like interpreters who worked with our defence forces on the ground. They were people who worked at the Australian Embassy. They were people who we had some level of confidence who they were and their commitment to our values and our country. And so we could make the decision to bring them out quickly as we should. So uh, you, that's that's what you say about Afghanistan. In Syria, the former government also was really active in getting people here and, and quickly... Mm. It was the same process, wasn't it? Uh, Patricia, again, no one is denying the humanitarian need. No one's saying we shouldn't take anyone out of Gaza, just as we did out of Syria. I think that was a great humanitarian thing that the Abbott government did. I'm very proud of that. Those were people who were being targeted by Islamic State, primarily because they were religious and ethnic minorities in Syria. There were Christians, there were Yazidis, there were, there were Kurds, there were other groups being targeted by Islamic State. They had a genuine humanitarian need, just as there is a genuine humanitarian need in Gaza. But we have to recognise there are also support of, supporters of Hamas in Gaza, and I don't think we should be relaxed about the risk of some of those people coming I to think Australia. the point I'm trying to make, and I'd, I'd like your view on, is isn't the risk the same? Or no. are you saying there's a higher risk from Palestinians? Well, I'm saying there's a risk because Gaza has been governed for almost 20 years by a terrorist organisation. It has no functional st state, and to the extent it has, it's run by a listed terrorist organisation. But there's been no democratic elections, as you know. Yeah, so the, the last democratic elections were in 2006. Long time uh, ago. At where Hamas was elected and came to power and has then eliminated all of its rivals, including Fatah, and driven them out of Gaza and back to the West Bank. And that's why I've got great compassion for the people of Gaza who are hostages of Hamas, just as much as the 100 Israelis still in hostages. Uh, by Hamas, taken by Hamas are there too. But that entails real risks. This is a terrorist organisation. It's not a functional state. How can you be confident about the identity issued by a Hamas government, let alone any potential security mm. risk? It's understood that the reason that they're able to get them approved so quickly is they have actually really, really detailed identity documents because they must have them in relation to their entrance and exit out of Israel in that context. Do you accept that rationale? Well, if the government is confident about that, then the Minister for Home Affairs should be able to say not one among these 2,200 people is a Hamas supporter. She should be able to say that today, give that guarantee but to the Australian public. But could you ever say that? Could you, if you were in government, could you real, could anyone actually make, because you've, you've, this is not about, the benchmark is quite low that just this is about people's sort of broad views. Who could ever make that guarantee? It's a it's a huge call. Let, let's put this in context, Patricia. If you want to bring a skilled worker to this country, it takes you about three months to get a visa processed. If you want to bring a spouse to this country, it can take you a year to get their visa processed. If you want to bring your mum or your dad to this country, it can take you five years. So if it takes long that long for those categories of visas, how are we seriously saying that in 60 minutes we can do an adequate security and identity check to bring someone to Australia from a war zone controlled by a terrorist organisation. Right. But I they're mean, not just random people, they're family members. Uh, many of them are family members, there's no doubt about that. But that on itself, in, in its own, does not guarantee that they're not a Hamas sympathiser or Hamas supporter. I mean, the footage from 7 October, I've seen the full 40-minute um, uh, footage provided by the Israeli embassy, which is not public. It's harrowing and horrific. And unfortunately, it does show that civilians participated in some of the attacks uh, on the 7th of October in the taking and holding of hostages. We know uh, UNRWA employees in Gaza have participated in it. This is not a trivial risk. This is a real risk. And at a time when our Jewish community feels under more siege than ever before in a generation in this country, where they feel unsafe, I can tell you from the ones I spoke to just last night, they are deeply anxious about this decision of the government and they are not convinced that this security checks have been adequate and I share their concerns. 
2,000 visas have been issued, but just 334 people have actually arrived because of the difficulty in getting out of Mm -hmm. Gaza. Mm -hmm. Are you exaggerating the extent of the problem? There's obvious logistical issues getting out of Gaza. You have to get the agreement of the Egyptian government to cross the border at Rafah as one obstacle. Uh, And you're right, only 300 have come so far, but that means there's 1,900 or so who have eligibility to come at any time. And there's no obstacle to them coming from the Australian government point of view, only a logistical one in the region. So we should not grant a visa to anyone that we are not confident. Our first duty as Australian government officials is to protect Australians and provide security. And we should also have humanitarian obligations as well, which we should um, fulfil, but not before our obligation to protect the Australian people. You say that you do have faith in security agencies. So why why are you questioning whether they can do this in a way that ensures the, the safety and cohesion of Australians then? Because I think they've been given an impossible task. They've been asked to give a tourist visa, grant a tourist visa and do all the necessary checks to do so in, in just a day on average and in some cases in an hour. And I don't understand how you could do the adequate security and privacy and identity checks necessary to make sure that these people... Well, they're saying they can. Well, I haven't heard that evidence from them. So you want to hear from Home Affairs? Would that, If Home Affairs was to, to come no, out and say, I, I no, have, we're fine, we, we think we can do this? I've already challenged Home Affairs with this and sent an F- estimates and I was not confident based on the answers they gave me. It did not fill me with confidence and I think anybody who sees the footage of those questions would agree. Obviously, we are in a very, very volatile situation on the ground. There could be a ground invasion in Rafa where, you know, people, what is it, up to 1.4 million people are in this tiny area. Mm. I mean, if I can sort of get outside of that and just go to the heart part of this, that's that's unthinkable, isn't mm. it? Don't, don't you need to be a humanitarian government that tries to help people in that dire circumstance? Oh, it, these are deeply troubling circumstances, Patricia. There's no doubt about it. And uh, many people are rightly very worried uh, about what will uh, take place uh, in the coming days and weeks. Of course, the best thing that could be done to avert that is for Hamas to release the hostages. That's an option available to them, has been available to them for three months. And if they're genuinely con- concerned about the welfare of the people of Gaza, they should do that. Um, you're right. As I've said many times in this interview and in others, we have a humanitarian need here. Australia can play a role in that, uh, a small role consistent with our size and our distance from the region and a role that, uh, you know, there are others in the region that can play too. Uh, but Australia granting tourist visas quickly is not going to change the circumstances in the ground in Rafa. Just on that ground incursion that, that, that looms, mm. obviously it hasn't happened yet, just want to get some clarity on your position because the mm. government has warned, as you know, Penny Wong and the, and the Prime Minister in a joint statement that they, are, they, they urged Israel not to do it. Do you also urge Israel not to go in to Rafa? Israel's got a legitimate military objective here, which is to free their hostages and destroy the terrorist organisation that launched the worst attack on Jews since the Holocaust in a single day. And uh, I think we should be careful uh, from the distance in Australia doing you know, Monday morning quarterbacking on uh, the operational and military tactics. I've got a legitimate military objective here. But I've also said consistently that the reason why I support Israel is that Israel's a liberal democracy and we expect Israel to behave like a liberal democracy and to do everything it can to minimise civilian casualties as it pursues its legitimate military objective. Just on another issue before I let you go, since I have you in the studio, I'd like to take my opportunities. 39 asylum seekers have been transferred to Nauru. The Home Affairs Minister has refused to rule out bringing asylum seekers to the mainland for medical treatment. Do you accept that may have to happen? 
Well, that's the law of the land with the Medivac legislation that passed uh, in a previous parliament. Uh, Under and, your government. Yes, but against the wishes of my government, uh, you might remember. But you lost um, control of the floor. We, we did. We had people cross the floor and vote for the legislation. That's how it passed. Uh, but we warned at the time that people who were granted medical leave to come to Australia would seek to stay in Australia, and that's been proven correct. There are people who came under that legislation uh, who refused to leave, and unfortunately I'm concerned that that could happen again. I'm concerned that under this government the same thing could happen. Okay, these asylum seekers landed on a remote stretch of WA Beach, but they were detected by local Indigenous communities who had a drone from from Bunnings. So obviously uh, this is one case. To say that the government's lost control of the borders is overreach, isn't it? Well, it's the second case in just three months of a boat making it all the way to the Australian mainland and then leaving again. Now, this is virtually unheard of and virtually unprecedented in the last decade, and it's an extraordinary failure of maritime surveillance. And we know why that's the case. There's been a 20% drop in the aerial surveillance of our maritime approaches and a 12% drop on the on-sea days but conducted more, by Australian Border Force. that's about... That's about staffing, we've learned. Yep, staffing yep. and maintenance of aircraft and other equipment. Uh, the Border Force Commissioner, Michael Outram, admitted to me in Senate estimates last year that Border Force is stretched. And so I have to really wonder why the government is proposing in their budget to reduce border protection funding over the forward estimates by cumulatively $600 million uh, based on, on the last uh, budget in May. Uh, that's an extraordinary proposal to put forward at a time when we're having boats come again. Your listeners might be surprised to know there have been 12 boats attempt to come to Australia since the election. There have been 300 people attempt to make that journey and two boats that have made it successfully uh, and they've wandered into remote townships and communities and been identified before border forces found them. I think that is a shocking failure. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's the Shadow Minister for Home Affairs, Senator James Patterson. You're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.